Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast Book Club. I'm Roisin Ingle, and today we have a great conversation for you about Elizabeth Strout's new book, Lucy by the Sea. And as usual, we have our book clubbers here ready to talk about the book. Welcome to you all, Anne Ingle, Bernice Harrison and Neve Towie. I'll begin, as always, by reading the blurb for Lucy by the Sea. In March 2020, Lucy's ex-husband, William, pleads with her to leave New York and escape to a coastal house he has rented in Maine. Lucy reluctantly agrees, leaving the washing up in the sink, expecting to be back in a week or two. Weeks turn into months, and it's just Lucy, William, and their complex past together in a little house nestled against the sea. Rich with empathy and a searing clarity, Lucy by the sea evokes the fragility and uncertainty of the recent past, as well as the possibilities that those long, quiet days can inspire. At the heart of this miraculous novel are the deep human connections that sustain us, even as the world seems to be falling apart. I have to say, I didn't ever think I'd want to read a book about the pandemic, but if there was one author who was going to make me want to read about it, it it's Elizabeth Strout, because I absolutely love her. But Anne Ingle, I will come to you first. I know you are a fan. What did you think of Elizabeth Strout's latest? Well, I thought it was a wonderful Love story, really. A pandemic love story. And that might put some people off because they're probably fed up with the pandemic, but it didn't put me off. William, her first husband, and now her ex-husband, takes Lucy for a few weeks to a house in Maine. Just for a few weeks, he says. He's telling her he's doing this to save her life. I was a bit disappointed about that at first. I said, oh, Lucy, you're coming. That's not like you. You should know what's going on in the world, that you know know this is very dangerous. And she was being all very, uh, you know, flaky about it. But then I kind of remembered myself when it first started to happen, how I felt this disbelief. And, you know, when the people in the house were saying to me, oh, do this and do that, what's wrong with them all? So then I, I kind of pulled back on that that bit. So the the book proceeds with her going off to Maine to this new life by the sea. Of course, she loves Maine. But um, we always have the suspicion that William is doing this for his own purposes as well as saving her life. But the book goes on to cover so many different things. Um, Black Lives Matters, George Flood, uh, Trump, you know, the thing that went on at the Capitol and, and all that kind of thing. So it it kind of covers a bit of the history of that year, of that couple of years of of the terrible pandemic. And Lucy and William become closer and closer as the days go by. And one stage she says, she asks him to hold her close. And he says, quotes Groucho Marx, I think who first said it, if I hold you any closer, I'll be behind you, which I thought was (laughs) a lovely thing. I wish I had somebody to hold me very close right this minute. Jesus, get the violins out, everyone. (laughs) But the the wonderful thing about 
this whole thing about Lucy Barton. Four of her books have um, done Lucy. Like, you know, there's My Name is Lucy Barton, Anything is Possible, Oh, William and Lucy by the Sea. And the wonderful thing about uh, Elizabeth Strout is she won't let go of her characters. So she keeps calling them back. I mean, even Olive Kittredge is, is in this one. She keeps, she's so, she does it so well that she can't let them go. And I think really, I, I love that. I listened to an interview with she gave and, and she says that every character comes to her in a different way and they feel very real to her. Strout watches people all the time. If you listen and watch, she says, you can learn a lot. And she always starts with the character and the story spreads out from seeing seeing that character and the way she... She's so concise and perfect in her writing and it, it, it just, it's just wonderful. And I, I really love this book. I mean, I kind of got I'm a bit obsessed with her because after reading Lucy by the Sea, I went back to her, the very first book that Elizabeth ever wrote, which is called Amy and Isabel, long before Lucy came on the scene. And uh, that is a really brilliant book, Amy and Isabel. She wrote in 1998, I believe. I'm now in the middle of Abide With Me, which is the one she wrote after that one, which I'm not so actually crazy about. But everything else I read by her, I I just love it. And, of course, she was shortlisted for the Booker Prize for O. William. So, I mean, she's an outstanding woman. And I just love the way she writes. And I just love this book so much. Um, I think it just chronicled a stage in, in time, you know, a part of, of the whole world's life. Um, and I just, I really, really liked it. So I'm just a fan, a big fan. <laughs> I can hear that. I have to say when I picked up the book, because I love her too, I'm a fan as well. But when I saw she was writing about the pandemic, I did for a minute go, oh no, because I, I honestly thought I don't want to read anybody writing about that. It's done, let's move on. But she, I have to say, she's probably the one writer that I would enjoy. And I did enjoy. And uh, she didn't let me down because I think she had some good observations about it that either hadn't occurred to me or that she that it had occurred to me, but she put them in a different way and they really resonated. Like you said, um, she, she described it all very, very well. Neve Towie, have you read a lot of Liz Stratt before now? Um, I had just read My Name is Lucy Barton, which is the first book kind of in this we don't call them series, do we? But and this is the fourth installment of Lucy Barton. So I had an idea of her childhood, and you know that this book is littered with stuff about her. She had a really difficult childhood, and that her mother was horrible, and her father had problems, and um, it obviously impacts her her whole life. And she does a really good job of illustrating that in the first book, and it's kind of just it's um, sprinkled throughout this book. I did feel like I was missing out having not read the other two in between. I really had, because I last I heard of Lucy Barton, she was a young woman living in New York with her little kids. And now she's, now William's had, um, her and William were separated and the kids were grown up. And um, But I think that was one of the real strengths of this book. Um, perhaps not aimed at my generation, but I felt it was really interesting. I felt I was almost looking at the world from my mother's perspective. And some things like made me really embarrassed, <laughs> like when the daughters would come and start complaining about how they couldn't go to Bloomingdale's anymore because the clothes were made in third world countries and how awful this was. And Lucy was kind of you could just kind of tell she was rolling her eyes a little bit underneath it all. And you know, these notions that you come to your mother with when you're like 21, two or up into your late twenties and your mother never really lets you know that, you know, you're being really annoying. 
So I found those and there's a little bit of that throughout the book. And I found that really um, I found that really interesting, like when the older daughter is considering having an affair and she says, oh, is he married? And the daughter says, you can't just assume it's a he, mom. Like, come on. Um, so I found all those little tidbits really funny. There's funny little um, bits of it in that sense. And I think the relationship between the mother, between Lucy and her daughters was to me the most interesting part of the book. And I think, like you've said, she does the pandemic really well, as in I really didn't think I could stand to read a book about the pandemic, but she does this really well. And she just she just writes so accurately. Her sentences and her paragraphs are so sparse, but yet there's so much in them. I think that's the strength of um, Elizabeth Strout's writing. It's not um, overwritten in any sense. So I found that really good. I do think, though, maybe that was one of the downfalls of the book was that it was quite slow. And of course, it had to be slow because it was set in the pandemic when nothing happened. But I did find it kind of a slow book to get through from that, from uh, probably because of that. But she's a wonderful writer. I mean, you can't fault it from that perspective. I really enjoyed I, I did. I did still really enjoy it, even though it took me a little longer to get through it than I would have hoped. And I really enjoyed the relationship between the mother and daughter. And like it is such a great love story because it's not saturine. It, you have to sit back actually and think about what's happened between her and William before you realise that this actually is a really amazing love story. And that's that's so nice in a book, not to have it just thrown at you, that you have to think a little bit about it and what's actually happened between them. Um, so I did enjoy I did enjoy that. And I think that speaks to how good of a writer she is. But I will say I found it a little bit slow and uh, just it was it's all about a woman in her later life. It's, I'm not sure exactly what age she is, but I'm assuming she's in her late 60s in this book. Mm. Um and so for me, I just, there wasn't a lot in it that resonated apart from the relationship with the daughters. Um, but not every book has to resonate with you either. That's not her job. <laughs> That's true. But would you make you want to go off uh, down a bit of a rabbit hole and read more? Like, I think, Anne, you really enjoyed her first one, didn't you? I did, Which I yes. haven't read. I've read most of the other ones, I think. But yeah, I forgot to again? say, Roisin, also, I, I can hear um, Neve is saying about how she felt it slow, but... I had this wonderful experience of listening to it as I listened to all the things. And the narrator is a woman called Kimberly Farr. And she you'd almost think uh, she was Elizabeth Strout herself because she reads it in such a way that it's just like as if the writer is reading it. It's wonderful. And uh, so the the slowness of the book, I didn't get that so much because I'm just enchanted by this woman telling me the story, you know. It's amazing the power of a good narrator because I know for you um, that can ruin it as well. A perfectly good book can be absolutely wrecked by a, a, a bad yes. voice. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, Bernice, come to you. You are an Elizabeth Stroud fan. Super I fan. Super fan. I okay, would say. Um, I'd, I'd echo Set that up for me. I'd echo a lot what Anne said um, and some of what Neve said. I mean, I one of the best things that I I've, I've obviously I've, I've read loads of her books um one of the best outings I had was just before the pandemic to go I went to London to see Laura Linney doing my name is Lucy Barton the one woman show it was just incredible I know Elizabeth Strout uh, didn't make it to Dublin this time I know you were going to be interviewing her uh Roisin in an open interview but she was here a couple of years ago and I went to that and it was it was like a, a, a sort of a revival hall meeting. I mean, the fandom was unbelievable. So and I look and if we hadn't been reading this for the book club, I would have been first in the line at Hodges Figures to buy the copy. You know, I, I'm such a fan. And halfway through, so I started reading. And of course, they're beautiful books and they're not long. 
And uh, Neve said she found it slow and I found it slow. And halfway through, I was thinking, why is it taking me so long to read this bloody book? And I thought sometimes that can be because and especially when somebody writes in such a spare way and they're able to encapsulate, you know, a whole character in two lines. Sometimes that is very slow because you put the book down and you're having a bit of a think, you know, you're not racing through. But in this case, I realised the reason why I I was finding it so tough was because I was so bored. I was so bored at this book. I couldn't bear it. And I was bored because, OK, the pandemic, that's tough going. OK, and of course, she mirrored that, that the sort of the rhythm of that. OK, and that's hard to do and make it propulsive. This wasn't propulsive. I, I couldn't have cared less if I got to the end of it. And that whole thing about uh, what what you said, Anne, you know, that she's creating this world that she goes back, back again. I felt this is the fourth book in a series. It comes about five minutes after a William. And I thought, but it's not bringing me on. I'm not learning anything that I didn't know in this book. There is nothing new. She's not giving me anything new in this book. And and Lucy Barton has trans and she transformed for me, Lucy Barton, who, you know, we any we've met her before and she's this sort of introvert. She's a successful writer, though we're never told what she writes. And I'm starting to get a bit annoyed about that. I think that's been a bit coy, frankly. I don't know why Elizabeth Strett does that. It's sort of annoying. And but anyway, so she's this very successful writer we're come to understand. Um, she's a woman in her late 60s. She's introverted. Um, but we've we've been through her exploration of her backstory about her extreme poverty um, and her very tough upbringing. And of course, you know, I suppose maybe for uh, readers on this side of the Atlantic or something, we're not so used to reading about extreme poverty in America. You know, it doesn't really feature in a whole lot of books that become mainstream, let's say. So, so I always found her really, really interesting. In this book, she starts off from minute one, whining. I mean, that woman, she complains about everything. She's cold. She's hungry. So she becomes this sort of whiny, whiny, whiny person that's really, really hard to like. And I started then to think, because Elizabeth Stroud is such a master, I mean, she's just masterful in the way she handles prose and the way she handles story and the way she handles character. I was starting to think, is she kind of trolling us? Does she now hate Lucy Barton? And does she now hate the character she's created? And for example, so, and I'll just give you, give you one bit of thing now. It's always bad now when I come to this book club with yellow post-its stuck in a book. You always know it's, it's not going to go well. It's not good. No, it's not anyway. Well. So she's, she writes at one point and she say, and also, I mean, she's so selfish. Oh my God, Lucy Barton is so selfish in this book. Even her daughters, is her daughter even says, mum, it's not about you because she makes everything about her. Uh, and that again, you think, oh God. And look, she was this character from day one, the day we met Lucy Barton in New York, she was this character. But I've never been more aware that she's this privileged woman than I was in this book. And I found that really off-putting. I mean, the casual way, you know, William buys this, you know, beachfront house in Maine, just buy, like, like stuff like that just dropped in with no sort of consciousness of the intense privilege she's living under. But anyway, so she says here, so... Somebody says to Lucy Barton, he thought you were just an older white woman writing about older white women. And I have to tell you, that stung me a bit. And I said, and he's a young white guy writing about, oh, never mind. But it distressed me. I was embarrassed. 
So I think that is Elizabeth Stroud talking about herself, actually, and uh, try, trying to deal with that. And then at another point, she talks about uh, Lucy also teaches. And she says, uh, I used to tell my students to write against the grain, meaning try to go outside your comfort level, because that's where interesting things will happen on the page. And every single thing in this book is in the comfort level, because we've all read it before. We've read it in her previous three books. And this felt really rushed to me, this book, really, really rushed. Things like the George Floyd and all that, that felt bolted on. I, I really felt that, that the book had been finished and she said, oh God, hold on a second now. The, the, the January 6th, I better bolt that on because that sort of went, oh, okay. And I thought, God, if you're going to write about Trump, you know what? Mention him, write about him properly a bit. You can, why not? And could you really talk about the rollout of vaccines in America and all that without mentioning Fauci, without mentioning all that? No. So I felt that these were little tiny set pieces that were sort of just bolted on. And what I'd really love to know, and maybe some of our listeners will tell us, because I'd really love to know, if you had never heard, uh, if you had never read Elizabeth Stratt before, ever, and uh, people are saying, read Elizabeth Stratt, oh my God, you have to read Elizabeth And you said, okay, oh no, here's a new book. I'm going to read this. And oh, you tell me that I don't have to have read the previous three to get this. Okay, yeah, okay, I'll read this. I think you'd come away from this thinking, what? What now? Well, 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 the yellow post-its in your book <laughs> that tells the tale. You know, you've made a lot of very interesting points. And I think your possible theory that perhaps we were reading, and I don't know, I mean, I, I, if I had got to interview her, I could have asked her this. People have said in the past that they believe um, of all the characters she writes, Lucy Barton is a, a, the closest to Elizabeth. I mean, she's a writer. Me. They're exactly the same age. Mm. Um various things like she had a marriage uh, breakdown she's with a a new partner now um and also I mean you could put all those things together she say you know it's a character invented but in fact you're sort of positing that we might be reading Liz Strout's pandemic diary essentially I think so um, and in and a sort of an and she's putting forward a slightly negative version of herself, actually. I think so. Or or maybe just because we all have, I mean, we all sort of saw sides of ourselves during the pandemic yeah. that we might necessarily like. And maybe that's maybe what, what we're seeing. But mum, as a fan, as another super fan, what do you think of what Bernice well, you said? You must remember that Lucy is getting old now. And as you get older, you know, you change, you do change. I mean, you look at the world differently. So maybe that's what's... Uh, bothering Bernice as well that this isn't the Lucy that she knew but the Lucy that she knew isn't there because she's aging she's getting into her 70s you know and she's missing so much David her second husband who she loves so much and she's trying to come to terms with this William and who doesn't like her doing her teeth in front of him and who likes jigsaws and she doesn't and Oh, this carry on. You know, it's hard for her. I mean, it's hard. The The pandemic is hard for everybody, but being thrust with this man, you're not sure if you want him or not, and and then find that you do. I mean, it, it, she's changing and she's old. But that's that's fair enough. And I think that's a good, good point. And I think Bernice wants to get back in on that. Yeah, I think that is a good point. But sort of the Lucy Barton that was so believable in the first novel, for example. And you thought, God, I'd be interested in meeting her now. She, that is an interesting character. I would not be interested in meeting this whiny, annoying woman who has no consciousness of her own privilege. I would not be interested in meeting this whiny Elizabeth. And also, she's such a cow to her daughters. 
Such a cow. I mean, one of them obviously had an eating disorder when they were young. And the first thing she says to her after not seeing her for ages is that she's put on weight. I mean, she's such a cow. And it's all about her. And I, I just, and, I, and now I'm afraid that I'm thinking that Elizabeth Strout, because she's fleshed out these daughters, I think the next few novels are going to be about the daughters, actually. And yeah. I, that's what I really think. And because I didn't really believe the daughters and I didn't believe Lucy Barton's relationship with the daughters, not for one minute, I think I'm gone. I think I'm out. Uh, no, you I, can't be saying you're I gone. I am. That's... I'm done. I'm gone. I'm finished. <laughs> no. no. Hang on a second. Hang on. Let's see if we can get you back. Leave. <laughs> you actually said that one of the best things about this book was the relationship with the daughters. So it didn't seem to ring true for Bernice, but for you, it seemed very authentic. Yeah, that was one of my favourite parts of this book. But she was such a cow to them, Neve. But her sometimes mothers are cows to daughters. But no, she was such a cow to them all the time. Ah, she wasn't, Bernice. No, that's not true. She talks about them, but she loves them. No, she's no, so that, that's the whole thing. She talks a good game. No, that's the thing. She talks a good game. She talks and talks, oh, my daughter, you know, talk, talk, talk. And then when she meets them, like she gives out about the state of the, the furniture in one of their daughter's houses. Like, come on. But like, what I about when she, meets, when she meets Chrissy at the end and she completely sees where, what Chrissy's issues are and what she's going to do? Like, I thought that really showed the perception of a mother for her elder daughter. Um, I thought that was really well done. Um, and I thought that showed her empathy towards her daughters. I, d- I wouldn't agree with you there at all, Bernice. I think that... Um, I thought it was very real, the relationship between her and her daughters. And I felt like um, it was one of the the points where you didn't feel like she was privileged in any sense, like as in it just felt really it felt really authentic, the, the relationship with the daughters and the struggles she was having. And I thought it was actually kind of a relief to see a mother written in an honest way and being sh- like her flaws being shown and described from her own perspective. So often it's like it's so um, selfless and, you know, that's and guilt and all the rest like but you know m- mothers can be selfish sometimes too um and i felt like you know what you're talking about me <laughs> <laughs> but listen uh, i think probably uh, the, the daughters think the same way as bernice they don't seem to they don't want to talk to her on the phone so i think they've gone off her too <laughs> yeah. well, listen, i just gone back to what neve was saying there right there was a lovely moment it's something i sort of i felt very real to me um she says Near the end, I stood for a moment watching them drive away. I thought how different they and their lives had become from what I had expected. And I thought it is their life. They can do what they want or need to do. And then I remembered that one time when I was pregnant with Chrissy, I had looked down at my big stomach and put my hand over it and thought, whoever you are, you do not belong to me. My job is to help you get into the world, but you do not belong to me. And remembering this now, I thought, Lucy, you are absolutely right. Sort of bits like that that I really liked. And I think she's still growing as a parent in a way. Like, I think she'd probably agree with you, Bernice, to some degree. I don't think, you know, there was some not particularly nice bits of her, but we don't need that, do we? We don't need to. uh... What did you like about the other Lucy then, if you're saying that you you think you're gone? What was it about Lucy Barton that you would have liked to meet her? Because I thought uh, the way I I did find... Um, the way she explored her past, really, really interesting. And I did find that past very interesting. And I found it really vivid. I mean, the way she talks about going to college, I just found it so vivid in in My Name is Lucy Barton and the hospital room and all those scenes and the mother visiting. Uh, And the dynamic between her and her own mother was just fascinating. So I found that just very multi-layered 
and really thoughtful and in a way that I I just didn't find this book like that. I just thought it was just, I, you know what? I wonder if I had read it as sort of, as if, if O. William had been included this book as well, like if the two of them had been together, mm. I, I nearly would have made more sense of it because this to me did not feel like a separate novel. It felt like part of another novel. Okay. And have you any uh, final thoughts for us? Because you've gone down this, even bigger rabbit hole of, of Elizabeth Strout and you're enjoying that journey. Um, what's your next one that you're going to be going to? I'm in the middle of reading Abide With Me, which is her second book, and I'm not actually so entranced with that one, I must say. The Burgess Boys is another one that she wrote that isn't on Audible, so I'm not able to read, to listen to that. And um, But I think uh, the, the, the way Lucy goes off walking with that, uh, fellow Burgess is interesting too that um, she kind of you know she she's she's not di- finished yet that one you know I mean she's still got the eye <laughs> the life in the old Lucy yes <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and Neve, it's interesting given what Bernice said that she wouldn't hand this book to someone to say you know here's Elizabeth Strauch but you, you, probably for you it was go- a good introduction or would you go back and read others I know you've read My Name is Lucy Barton do you think you went to Olive Kittredge and all the other I think I would like to read the other Lucy Barton ones and then have come to this last. Um, and I appreciate what Bernice is saying about O. William being kind of very similar material because it was really about their reconnection. A lot of this book was. So I think maybe I would have had a different view on it had I read those before. So if any, like, I would recommend that people probably do start from the start. I know they're supposed to live on their own, but... It was very disjointed for me having gone from my name is Lucy Barton straight into this one because she was a very young woman and now she's quite an old woman at the end of her, you know, very much in her later life. So, um, yeah, I would have liked to read the other two first before I had gotten into this. But what do you make of just in the middle of the book? So they're in Maine in this oceanfront property that she keeps complaining about being cold all the time and whining. Um, And... (laughs) So what what her husband, her ex-husband does, he rents a studio in town for her so she can go and write. Like all these things. It's all just, and then he did the, you know. Anyway, so off, he go, off she goes and starts writing. And she starts writing this short story. And the short story is absolutely desperate. And again, that makes me think that it's Elizabeth Strout just, just, I think she's, I don't think she likes Lucy anymore. I think she's, I think, I, I, I really feel she's she's come to despise her actually because the short story is so bad like she hasn't even given her a good short story to write. and obviously Elizabeth Stroud could write a brilliant short story mm, yeah I thought that was funny too Bernice I must say I couldn't believe that short story I said what's going on mm. here you know but yeah, wasn't that, that, there also that, a point in that short story and I think um it was bringing in the kind of cancel culture thing and the way things have changed for writers because there's a, there's a part of that story where she realizes it won't fly in modern society where she's going to get criticized for it I think True true um, that's true Rosie. So she's, she's she's toying with that she's I think with that short story hmm. and and showing us kind of how she is finding it difficult actually in the in the first book that you've just read, Mum, because you told me about this when I was going to yeah. be interviewing Liz, I did. Uh, t- I point- tell everyone about the character because I yeah. asked Liz Strauss about this. Yeah, there's a character in that first book uh, called Fat Bev, and that's what she's called all the way through the book, Fat Bev. And in fact, she's the, the loveliest person in the whole of the book. You know, she's somebody I would really warm to. But the fact that she was able to just call her Fat Bev, which I'm sure she wouldn't be able to do today, and that's part of this whole business of not being able to say things as they are, you know. 
So I didn't know that. Um, and then mother told me that before I was doing a sort of a pre-interview with Elizabeth Strait on Zoom and had a lovely conversation with her. I'm very grateful for it. It was really nice. But I mentioned Fat Bev to her because I didn't know about it. And she said, oh, yeah. I said, do you think you'd do it now? She said, no, I don't think I would. And I think that's a shame. But she was saying that's what people in that time mm. called her. And it was, you know, she didn't, it was a thing. Whether it's right or wrong now is one thing, but that's what happened in that time. And she was, de- she definitely, I could feel from her that this whole area would have been one of the areas I'd been discussing with her in the um, event that didn't happen. But she's obviously very preoccupied with that. So I wonder, is that another yeah. thing that she's feeling? And is maybe, is that why Lucy Barton writer might be, Lucy Barton stroke Elizabeth Strauss, maybe she's, perturbed by that and it's it's seeping through. I don't know. What sort of books does anybody think Lucy Barton writes? What kind of writer is she? Because I started yeah. getting preoccupied by that I, myself. I could be wrong on this. Was the first one about her though? Was the first one about her? There's a her reference life. to a memoir in this book. That's yeah. right. There's a reference to a memoir. Yeah. yeah. I think the first one that she wrote was, was a memoir. And then I don't know what else she's written. Exactly. So, so mm. I found that interesting. And I, as I said, I just found it a bit coy that we were, that this was just dropped in. And I, I, I'm sort of getting impatient. Maybe I'm just getting impatient with that because I think four books in, stop retreading the old ground and okay. give us more. If you wanted more, Bernice, you should go back and see if you can find Amy and Isabel. So yeah. I think you'd really like that. I think you'd really like okay. that. Okay. you back That's into a kind the, of get her back alone. in your good books, you know. That's a standalone one, Mum, isn't it? There's it not is totally. To that's else. before Lucy ever came on the scene. It's you know, and it's, and it's really interesting as well her sort of trajectory in writing. That she came quite late. She's been writing all her life since she was a child. But it took, I think, until her late. 30s, 40s anyway. Yeah, 40s. So she got a book published, yeah. Neve. So it's mm. it's an interesting one, you know. And mm. she she definitely feels like she's got better and better as she's she's gone along and she's mm. grateful for that kind of practice. But um it would be very interesting to see what she does next. And I hope now anyone listening who hasn't read Elizabeth Strauss doesn't get put off by you, Bernice. No, <laughs> I I, no, I mean I read My Name is Lucy Barton, absolutely. But and but but I'd really love to know. If people who just come to this one first, I, I'd love to know what they think. I, I think they'll be baffled. I think so. I think that's if they get through the end. Yeah, I don't actually, because I just think, see, and I'm, I'm maybe we're just different as readers. It's almost because I just love so much how she, she writes. writes. Yeah. yeah, part of yeah. me is me like, too. oh my God, I just, <laughs> yeah, I was hook it to my veins, hook whatever Elizabeth Strout is writing to my veins, and I will just consume it because. It feeds me in a way that, you know, you know, we read a lot of books, don't we all? And it's not very often, it's it's not very often that there's a writer like that. I mean, I, I think someone she's very respectful of and who's respectful of her is Elena Ferrante. They have a good yeah. writerly collegiate relationship. And I think I haven't read much Elena Ferrante, but Mother, you have. And yes. She's a big favourite of yours. Indeed. So would you feel the same about her, the way she writes? Yes, I would. Yes. It just it's incredible. The talent, the, talent, the way with so few words, you can say so much. It's Im- is impressive, very impressive. So I think, I think it's just that weather. But I think fair enough, Bernice, that you want more from from the characters now, and you don't want yeah. the old ground. You want to learn something new about absolutely, about absolutely. And the things, and also the, then the things that I have learned new about Lucy Barton, I don't like. I don't like. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, but the fair thing is, I, I tell you what, I loved as well the, the O. William book, which which is the one that was shortlisted for the Booker. Um, the story of, that's in that O. William book is really much drawn out in in this new one, which I appreciated very much. I, I like the 
the fact that that the whole thing went on, you know, that I like that mm. very much. I can't remember whether this was in previous books, Bernice, but I really liked that she had invented a nice mother's voice um, to counteract yes, the fact that her yes. own mother was so horrible. But every so often she'd wonder what her mother might say to her. Not her real mother, but this yeah. nice mother she'd invented. And I loved that device through the book. Yeah, it's clever. Yeah. No, look. You cannot take away for one minute how brilliant Elizabeth Stroud is. Like, you can't. Like, you just can't. Um, she's extraordinary writer. And that's why I think she's playing games with us in this book. That's why. Definitely. <laughs> okay, so she's playing games. Neve, I'm going to leave the final word to you. Will you be telling your friends about Elizabeth Stroud and you, you'll, you'll go off and read a few more, won't you? Absolutely. Yeah, she's a fantastic writer. And I like that you've drawn the comparisons with Elena Ferrante. I think it's very similar type of prose. So, um yeah, it's a must read. Some of her earlier ones, and I appreciate what Bernice is saying, but I think Elizabeth is a must read. Okay, well, another very excellent conversation, I must say, by our book club. The book is Lucy by the Sea by Elizabeth Stroud, and we'll let you know on social media what book we're going to be reading next. But until then, Neve Towie, Anne Ingle, Bernice Harrison, as always, a pleasure, and thank you very much. Thank you. That's all we have time for for our book club this episode. We'll let you know soon what our next book is so you can read along with us. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.